morning. Everybody get an apple? If you didn't get yours yet, maybe get yours after service. This is uh, just a reminder, and uh, doing it one more week. And so I think, I think last week we had three trees bought, just last week. So, and we set a goal of 500. That wasn't high enough. I actually uh, almost, almost just felt like calling Brother Cecil and just say, hey, we'll just pay for that. I, because uh, that, that's just, that's just the kind of thing I'd like to do. Th- think about it. Your gift, you know, you plant a tree. And, and look, you don't have to write a $100 check and, and buy a tree like I think three people did last week or maybe some already have this morning. If you've only got $10, plant a tree. Help plant a tree. And you'll be giving fruit, think about it, to people that you'll never meet except when you get to eternity. And, and, people, and you'll be doing it for generation, generation, generation. You know, as long as, as, long as these trees are alive, you're going to be providing there. So what, what a tremendous heritage for your, uh, for your gift. So don't forget that. I also wanted to mention one thing, and I really wanted to mention this in early service and, and failed to. I want to, I want to ask you for prayer is, uh, on something because um, I'm really praying and seeking God about the direction for uh, our, our full student ministry at 2911. And God's stirring some things in me. And because uh, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing, some, seeing some spiritual depth stirring in some of our kids. And uh, I want you to be praying with me about this. And uh, that, that God, I believe God's about to do something very special through student ministry at 2911. So join with me in prayer about that, okay? This, this week, uh, Britain will be speaking again. And uh, we've got a great staff around us with our, our, the music, uh, the band. Uh, I mean, it's, it's kids that are playing, teams that are playing on Wednesday night. And uh, our youth workers and all that, we've got a great staff around us. That are, they're kind of they're holding the fort, better than holding the fort down. Ministry's happening. And so that'll be happening for the next several weeks. But pray with me about this, okay? Let's have a word of prayer. And uh, this is the second, second sermon in the series on Believe Again. Let's have a word of prayer and get into the message. Father. I love you. Thank you, God, for uh, everything you're doing. Thank you, God, for the great praise reports we're hearing. Thank you for the people, Lord, that are believing you again. God, some people that are taking hold of stuff. God, that they, they, they've, let, they've let slip away from them some, some, of the, some of the power, some of the ground that they used to hold in you, God, that they've allowed to slip away from. God, they're beginning to take that back. And I pray, God, that today would just be another step in, in that for them. I pray, God, you challenge us, God. You quicken us. You, 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 God, you, you restore something. You renew us, God. You, you renew the, 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 the faith that we have, the, the belief that we have, and the power of your blood again. I just pray that in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Okay, so I, I want you to believe again because, uh, you know, here's what happens. We, we live in this secular world all week long, right? I mean, and, you know, I was saying the other night, I hadn't used this illustration in a long time, came to my mind the other night, you know, it's kind of like, we're, kinda like we're, we're, we're the devil's Christmas trees. You know what I mean? It's like all day long, all week long, the devil's just hanging stuff on us. Anybody relate? You know what I'm talking about? He's just hanging stuff on you. go to work, hanging stuff. you go to school, he's hanging stuff on you, you know. And when you come to church, sometimes we just need to have a good shaking, right? Just shake all that stuff off. Well, and that's what happens. We, we, we live out there and all this, and the devil's hanging all this stuff on us. And, and that becomes what's real to us. And then we come and we step into the presence of God, and it's almost like, Man, you know, this don't even feel real anymore. I mean, the worshiping doesn't feel real. Our prayer life doesn't feel real. It's like that begins to feel real. And what we need to do is believe again and remember that that stuff is all going to die. That stuff is all going to perish. It's all going to be gone one day. I mean, even if you're not a Christian, even if you're a naturalist, you know that all that stuff out there is dying. This is what is real. What I have today, what I have in my heart, this eternity that I have in my heart today, this is what is real. But it's so easy sometimes. 
And I said, I said in the first service, you know, that I felt like a lot, I felt like a lot of it this morning is I, I was going through the motions in some ways. It's like I, I, was, just, I was just feeling this, and I, I, was, I was asking God, and, and I said, God, why would it, you know, and, and I, I just kept going through the motions. Because, you listen, let me tell you something. When you're going through the motions, but it's the right motions, just keep going through the motions, okay? You know, I mean, then, does anybody understand what I'm talking about? You, sometimes you don't feel like worshiping. Worship anyway. Come on, come on. Somebody say amen. Sometimes you don't feel like you're a Christian. Be a Christian anyway. When it's the right motions, even if you don't feel like it, do it anyway. And let me tell you what happened. Is God, God said, hey, there's a lot of people in this church that that's what they're doing. I wanted you to experience it again because it's been a while. That's what he began speaking to me in the middle of the first service as we were worshiping. I wanted you to feel this again of how people go through the motions. And we go through the motions because we, we live out there in that world and we come in here and this don't even feel real anymore and that's, that's really the reason for this series, is we need to believe again. Believe in things that are real. Believe in things that are eternal. The things that are our power and our strength that will help us get through and make it. We need to believe again. I've got, got a picture for you right here. You see this, this picture? Somebody, what's important about this picture? The blood, thank you. Okay, you had a hint, right? I mean, it's the title of the sermon, Believe Again in the Blood, all right? Uh, it really took a while for somebody to say the blood in the first service. So even though you, were a little, you, you, didn't, you didn't measure up in the hand clapping, you, you know, you, you, did, you didn't measure up in this. You got it a lot quicker, okay? So, you know, so you, I guess it's one-to-one. We're tied now, so we'll just see how the rest of this goes, okay? <laughs> and see, see, but uh, it's the blood, okay? Now, listen, I know, I know, I know we look at this, and, and we look at those pictures, you know, and, and we say, but, but it's Jesus. It's it's. The blood's not what is important. Jesus is what, it's not just his blood. Oh, Jesus is precious to us. Okay, but, but, but listen, here's what I'm talking about. Is yeah, to me and you, Jesus is the important one in all those pictures that we've seen in, in Calvary. Jesus is the important one. But to Jesus, it wasn't about him. To Jesus, we were the important ones, right? Okay, so, so you know, it's, it's, I guess it's according to your perspective. And the, the true perspective is how God the Father looks at this and to God the Father, it wasn't about us, it wasn't about Jesus, it was about the blood. And I, understand, I, know, I know the blood was there because it was for us, but understand this, is it could not yet be about us to the Father because we had been separated from him because of our sin. And so he, could, he couldn't say, oh, this is going to be good because this is for all them. At this point, at that point before the blood had been shed, it was not yet about us. God couldn't really reach us. He couldn't connect with us because of our sin. That's why it was about the blood. That's why the blood was the important thing. It's because that was the thing that was going to reconcile us back to God. Okay, let me, let me take you back 1,500 years before this picture to Exodus, and you'll see, here it is a little bit, a little bit better. For the Lord will pass through the land to strike down the Egyptians. But when he sees the blood on the top and the sides of the door frame, the Lord will pass over your home. He will not permit his death angel to enter your house and strike you down. Here's what's happening. This is back in the book of Exodus. If you know the, the story of the Exodus and being delivered out of Egypt, God is about to, God is about to send death into the, the land of Egypt. And he tells the Israelites, his people, he tells his children, just a second. He tells his children, look, on such and such night, the night that will later be called the Passover, on such and such night, I want you to take a lamb. You're going to kill this lamb. You're going to drain its blood and catch its blood. You're going to, you're going to hang on to the blood, and then you're going to roast the lamb, and you're going to eat it with your family, and a bunch of other things they had to do that night. But he said, then you're going to take the blood that you caught out of this lamb, and you're going to go out onto the porch, and you're going to take the blood, and you're going to apply it to the door frame of your house. 
And as the death angel that I'm going to send into Egypt begins to go into house after house after house, when I see the blood on the doorpost, I will not allow the death angel to come into your house. God isn't looking for the lamb. He's looking for the blood. Okay? I know the, the lamb is precious to me and you, right? I, I mean, a little precious little lamb. And even talking about the lamb, the lamb of God. That's what's pre- But God's not looking for the lamb. The lamb has been sacrificed. The lamb has been killed. The lamb has had its blood spilled. The lamb has been roasted. The lamb has been eaten. The lamb has been thrown away. The lamb is forgotten. The lamb is not important anymore. It's the blood. Now, I know that sounds a little harsh when we're talking about Jesus. But understand this. Jesus knew exactly the place that the lamb played in all of this. And when he chose to become the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, he knew exactly what was going to happen at Calvary. He knew that he was going to be killed. He knew that his blood was going to be poured out, was going to be spilled. He knew that his body was going to be cast aside. It was going to be so, so gross and horrible. No one wanted to remember the body. No one wanted to look at the body. He knew that, he knew that it would be forgotten. He would be forsaken. Yet still... He chose to go to the cross for me and you. Even though he knew he would be killed, he would be spilled, he would be forgotten, he still chose to go for us. Even though he knew that his own father, when he looked at Calvary, he wasn't looking for Jesus. He wasn't looking for the people. He was looking for the blood. He would be be, uh, rejected by men and forsaken by God. That's why he cried out, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is to say, my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? You know why? Because Jesus was cast aside. Because it wasn't about him. It was about the blood. And he understood that. And he understood that and did it anyway. He became your sacrifice. And because of this, and and, and listen, um, we push aside the blood. We don't like to talk. Blood is nasty. It's dirty. I mean, you don't want to get it on you. It smells bad after a while. It stains. We don't, we don't want to talk about the blood. We really, and there's a lot of people preaching a bloodless covenant out there, but there is no covenant with God outside of the blood. There has to be the blood. And the reason we need such a powerful element to purchase our redemption is because of how powerful our sin and our rebellion and our disobedience has been against God. I, I know some of you may say, well, I hadn't been that bad. Well, some of us have. Some of us have, and you know what? Because of that, that's why we've got to have this, power, this real strong, powerful blood. Because some of us have. And, and it's interesting, isn't it, how, how, how easily it is that we can go back and forth. You know, we can be up and down like this, you know, roller coaster, day to day. You know, our moods can just swing from one to the other. And we can go to both ends of the spectrum where on one side we're saying, well, you know, I've just been so bad, I, I just don't believe God could forgive me. I, I know you guys feel freedom and liberty in your walk with Christ, but there's just so much stuff in my, in my past. I, I just don't believe God. And then we, we go all the way to the other end of the spectrum and we say, but, but, you know, I don't understand why God couldn't have made it something just simple and easy and not made it have to be so hard that Jesus would have to pay. Oh, put these two things together and understand it's because we've been so rebellious and disobedient and our sin is so bad that we had to have this sinless, spotless, precious blood of Jesus Christ. Like in 1 Peter, he says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not merely gold or silver. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. 
He paid the ransom, and the ransom was not just mere money. It was the sinless, spotless blood of the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God. Thank God. Today, I want us to celebrate the blood because we, we have so much in the blood. We forget about it. We don't sing about it. We don't preach about it. We don't teach about it. We don't, we don't tweet about the blood. I mean, the blood is not important. We need to celebrate the blood again because the blood gives us everything we have in God. Somebody give me a roll tide. Somebody give me a war eagle. Oh, my goodness. Two to one now. First service was better, weren't they? Somebody give someone next to them a high five and say the blood. All right, that was better than the roll tides and the war eagles, right? We need to celebrate the blood. You can, you can scream roll tide all day long. Nick Saban ain't buying your lunch after church today. David Clark screamed out War Eagle louder than everybody else in the building screamed anything else, I believe. And I told him, I said, I, I don't care how loud you scream. Gene Chiswick's not going to hear it down in Auburn. But when you celebrate the blood, when you see the blood, God heard you celebrate the blood. He sees you celebrate the blood. He sees when you say, I thank God for the blood. We need to celebrate the blood of Jesus Christ because we have everything in it through the blood of Jesus it's where the reality of our redemption comes. The reality of our... You see, we're not talking about, you know, this is not silver and gold or monopoly money. I mean, money's going to pass away. He didn't buy our salvation with something that's going to be gone. I mean, you, you take a, after you play monopoly, you put it back in the box, you put it up on the shelf, right? Same thing's going to happen to all the money in this whole world, all the silver, all the gold. One day it's going to be like put on a shelf, forgotten. He didn't buy your salvation with something that's going to pass away. He bought it with something that was real and that is eternal. He bought it with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. The reality of your redemption, of the atonement. And look at this verse right here. Uh, this is in the book of Revelations. And John says to Jesus, Sir, you are the one. I'm sorry, to the angel. says, Sir, you are the one who knows. And he said to me, These are the ones who died in the great tribulations. And they have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb and made them white. Now we're talking about, you know, their selves. Here's what's going on. John is seeing the saints as God sees the saints. I mean, you look at me. And you see failures, you see mistakes, you see, you know, sometimes I fumble, I don't do it exactly right or whatever. You see those things. Hang around if you hadn't yet, you will, okay? You see those things. But when God looks at me, what he sees is what the blood has done to me. And he's washed me pure. And so all of my mistakes, all of my past sins, all of, even my, even my chosen rebellion, not, I don't mean just when I slipped up, but when I chose to walk in opposition to what I knew was God's way in my life, the blood of Jesus is washed. And when God looks at me, this is what he sees. He sees me washed and made white. In the blood of the Lamb. The reason I need such a powerful blood is because the, the powerful dirtiness that was in my life. And there is nothing else that can buy this salvation. There is nothing else that can separate me from my sin. There is nothing else that can cause God to look at me. And with all of my dirty, evil, sinful past, there is nothing else that can give, cause God to look at me with the love that he does and see why, except for the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. And go ahead, give him a hand of praise. That's why we need to believe in the blood again and celebrate his blood. But it goes beyond that. It's not just the atonement. It's not just the redemption. It's not just the reconciliation. But the blood brings us so much more than that. Back to, or to Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14. He says, how much more then will the blood of Christ 
who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God. Okay, now uh, forget that, that, that last little phrase I read because that's like a parenthetical. I mean, it's okay, because if you think, you'll think, okay, this is talking about the eternal spirit, unblemished. No, no, no. This verse is talking about the blood of Christ. How much more then will the blood of Christ cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? How then will the blood of Christ much more cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? How does it happen? By the blood. Not by spirit, not by money, not by effort, not by actions. You can't pray enough prayers to be delivered from the acts of death. You can't pray enough prayers. And you can't pray it the right way. You know, people you know, always want, how do I pray? How do I pray? Just pray. Open up your mouth. Try it. You know, you won't mess it up. Okay? I mean, just, just pray. And, and it's not about how, how good you're going to pray. It's not, and it's not, let me tell you this also, it's not about how good you've been even before you were a Christian. You know, some people say, oh, well, you know, he, he's a good old boy. I mean, uh, he just needs to love on Jesus a little bit because he ain't got a whole lot of sin he needs. It doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how, how good you were up until, and it doesn't matter how bad you were up until. All that matters is this precious blood of Jesus Christ that is able to separate you from your sin. And that, and that word there, cleanse, kari. Now, in some, some versions, uh, I think we're using the New, Living, uh, the New Living Translation, this version, it actually says, uses the word, it means to make cleanse, and it uses the word cleanse. But in some you'll see purge or, or purify or those kinds of things. It means to just make clean. It means to make clean. And, and the blood makes clean our consciences is what it's saying. Makes clean our consciences. So it's not just about wiping away our past. It's not just about making us white and pure as we stand before God and he sees us in a different way. It's about cleansing our consciences. You see, and here in this verse we're seeing here a threefold work of the blood on the life of the believer after their sin is forgiven and their name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. There's a threefold work of the blood still happening after that. And here it is. The first one is peace to my conscience. You know, you ever feel bad, you ever feel bad about stuff you did? But there's peace in my conscience. I can sleep at night now. Because I know everything's good. I, I was awake all night past uh, the Friday night. I had to tell somebody, though, before church, I had to say, but it wasn't, it wasn't because I, I, I'm li- I have a guilty conscience, okay? It wasn't because I wasn't living or high. It was because I had a steroid shot late in the day, and it kept me up all night, okay? You know, but I, you know what? I can sleep at night because the blood has purified, has cleansed my conscience. It has brought peace into my conscience. Because all of my past, I know, is now under that blood. Secondly, it, it purges my guilt and condemnation. And some of you are still dealing with this. You cannot believe that God will allow you. Let me t- I stand sometime in his presence and worship and praise him, and I think, why in the world? Why does God let me do this? I don't deserve to stand here. I don't deserve to be in his presence. I don't deserve to, to, to praise him. I don't, res- I, you know, r- writing a sermon and putting a sermon. I don't deserve to write his name on a piece of paper. I don't deserve to, to, to speak his name, let his name come across my lips and out of my voice. I don't deserve this. I don't deserve it. But something makes it right. You know what makes it right? 
It's the blood. It, let, me, let, me, let me tell you something. Let me give you a picture right here, another picture. Let me tell you something that you need to do. Whenever you think, I don't deserve to stand in his presence, you remember this picture right here and say, no, I don't deserve it, but because of the blood, I've been made clean and I can stand in his presence. I don't deserve to be able to speak his name, but because of this, I can stand and speak his name. Amen. It's, it's not because of you. It's because of his blood. The blood. But there's a third thing that it does. It purifies me from acts that lead to death. Okay, listen. Thursday, I think it was Thursday night, or maybe Friday afternoon or sometime, I was getting really into this. And I got way too much stuff to share in this sermon today. And I said, I'm going to blog this part. And I blogged it, okay? And I posted, I, I tweeted, I put uh, Facebook posted as well. And if you've not read it, you need to read this because you're about to miss about 10 minutes of sermon here because I don't have time to do it, okay? You need to go. If you don't know where the blog is, church2911.com, www.church2911.com. Go to the bottom, click on the blog, go to it, and you need to find this post right here because I'm going to have to skip some stuff right here. And as I was writing this, I thought, there is no way. And I, you know what? There's a lot of people out there that aren't going to be in church on Sunday. They need to hear this part of the message. If they're, even they're, so I, I just felt led of God to do it right here. But let me give you just a little bit of it right here. Here's the, here's the basics of it. Is that Jesus hates what sin has done to you in your past. He despises, he detests, he abhors how bad sin has messed your life up. Therefore, he has forgiven you of your sin. Therefore, he has, he has given you peace. He is purging you of your guilt and your condemnation. But you know what? He also hates what sin tomorrow will do in your life as well. He doesn't just hate what sin used to do to you. He hates what sin will do to you tomorrow. And so you know what he does? He also purifies our conscience from the acts, from wanting to do the things that will bring more of that stuff into our life. You cannot plant the seed and then say, God, please don't let the grass grow. You plant the seed, it's going to grow. That's why he wants to purge you. He wants to cleanse your conscience. He wants to eradicate this from your conscience so that you no longer want to do the things that bring the death and destruction into your life so that you can serve this living God through deliverance and peace. And some of you today are standing in need of this. Uh, man, I appreciate so much the, the word that God gave us to, to, to Britain. And I know that was a word that was just spoken at that moment because he didn't give that same word this morning in, in the early service. And some of you are in need of this today. It's because you're wondering why. What, a, what an awesome word there. You're wondering why you, you, you plead the blood and you rebuke the spirits and, and you come against and you pray against all these things. Yet there's something still going on back here. There's, there's some action still going on in your life. And so that's what you need is you need, you need to believe in the blood again today to purify your conscience from the acts that you no longer want to do those things and quit living in those places that agree with the spirits of hell and bring this stuff back into your life. God doesn't just want to save you one day. He doesn't want to just deliver you from yesterday's sins. He wants to give you a strength and an ability, sanctify your soul so that you no longer walk in this stuff and bring it back into your life tomorrow as well. These are, these are the reasons that we celebrate the blood. He wants to give us the ability to be victorious tomorrow. I got two, two more little things I got to share with you real quick before we close. And the first one is this. Is it because of the blood we have access? Somebody say access. Access. You probably know this verse. It says, and so dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. We have access to his throne room. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus. Oh, it's because I prayed. No, it's because of the blood. It's because I joined the church. No, it's because 
of the blood of Jesus. Well, it's because I paid my tithes. No, it's because of the blood of Jesus. We have access. And it says we can boldly enter. Now, this, this word boldly here in the Greek is parisian, which means freedom or confidence. Okay, And that word because of really really is, is more in, the word in, like uh, most holy place in the blood of Jesus. It really means in, but it, I guess they didn't think it fit there as well, so they put the because in. But that word that's actually there, because, is en in the Greek, which is just in. I mean, just in. Here, here's what he's saying. He's saying that we have freedom. And I read one commentary that said this. He says, you know what he's saying? He's saying we got freedom to speak when we come to the throne room of God. You ever felt like you didn't have freedom to speak somewhere? You know, you were in a group of people and you just felt like what you had to say wasn't important so you didn't have freedom to speak. What he's saying here is you've got freedom to speak. You have access and when you get to his throne room, go ahead and speak. You've got freedom to speak. And you know where your freedom comes from? Your freedom comes from the boldness you have in the blood of Jesus. The confidence you have in the blood of Jesus. Not just because, it's not that you just have confidence because of the blood of Jesus. You have confidence in the blood of Jesus. It makes you stand up, throw your shoulders back, and enter the, enter the throne room of grace boldly and say, because I have confidence in the blood of Jesus. I got freedom to speak. And you know what? A lot of times, a lot of times I'm praying and I start going through my list, you know, and I almost get, I almost get like, God, this is way too much that I don't need to be asking you about this much. But you know what? He's given me freedom to speak. He's saying, you know, don't worry about it. You got the floor right now. You just speak. Ask me what you want. Don't worry. You got six, seven, 10, 20 things on your list. You have freedom to speak today. You have access because of the blood of Jesus. So what do you need? Come on, somebody. I mean, that's a blank check question. What do you need? You need to step into his presence. Whatever it is that you need today, you need to step into his presence and take advantage of the access. Celebrate the blood that gives you access to the throne of grace. And we have deliverance and protection. This one's good. Anybody going through something? Anybody dealing with, dealing with issues in your life? You're going through a situation? This is good. Right here. Revelation 12, 11, They have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. And they defeated him by the blood of the Lamb. And they defeated him. Who are we talking about? The devil. You won't defeat the devil because you're smarter than he is. Because you're not. You want to defeat the devil because you know scriptures better than he does because you don't. He knows every scripture. Backwards, forwards, he knows every, he, he knows every way to exegete a, a verse that there is out there. He knows, he knows the Greek. He knows the Hebrew. He can even speak Aramaic. He, he, you, you do not know more about scripture than the devil. It won't be because of that. It won't be because you pray more than the devil works. You will not defeat him for those. The reason you will defeat him is because of the blood of Jesus. And there's one little, one little word there. One little word there. Oh, and this is why, man, when God speaks, man, he speaks. I dig into stuff, and I find stuff. It's like I've already dug into this verse so many times, but I dig into it, and there's something else there. Because when God speaks, he says so much more than I can say. The one little word up there, dia, which is, and they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb, and they have defeated him, dia, the blood of the lamb, means all the way through. Dia means all the way through, all the way through. And we've got a word that, that you might recognize is the beginning of, that that's the beginning of, is diameter. You know what a diameter is, right? Circle, you know. Where does that diameter go? It goes all the way through, right? 
And so dia and the meter there really is, is measure. Okay, so it's like, it's like the measure all the way through. So it's like whatever your whole circle is. Somebody going through something today? The diameter doesn't pick up in the middle and doesn't end before it gets to the other side. The diameter picks up at one end of the circle, goes all the way through, and doesn't end until you get to the end of the circle. This ought to be good for somebody. Somebody, you're going through something today, let me tell you. God's not going to pick you up halfway through. And he's not going to drop you halfway through. He's going to pick you up at the beginning. He's going to carry you all the way through. And he's not going to set you down till you get to the other side of it. He is going to take you all the way through. If you're going through something, he's your diameter. He's going to, you are going to overcome him. You're going to overcome whatever it is you're facing by or di the blood of the lamb. Because the blood of the lamb is going to pick you up and take you all the way through. Whatever you're dealing with today, the promise through this verse is you are going to make it all the way through because of the blood of the Lamb. Somebody give him some praise in this place. Amen. All the way through. Mm. Why don't you tell somebody, I'm going all the way through. By the blood of the Lamb. Stand with me. Come to the front. Let's close this. Ushers, please go ahead and serve us. going all the way through by the blood of the Lamb. So today we're going to celebrate the blood. And we're going to celebrate the blood through communion. Go ahead, ushers, if you will. And I'm going to give you some direction in a few minutes. We're going to receive communion together. Go ahead. Just go ahead. While you're here. But here's what I want you to think about. As you understand, this juice represents the blood that we've been preaching about this morning, Right? You understand that? And so when you take that, take it as a celebration. I'm celebrating the blood. And if you're not a Christian today, understand that this blood was spilled for you so that you could be reconciled to God. Your atonement is real. Your redemption is real. Your forgiveness is real. And every one of us that's a Christian, that's the thing we normally celebrate with this is we say, thank God. It's because of this blood. I've been reconciled to God. But it goes beyond that, doesn't it? Because we want to celebrate because today we have pardon. Today, today our guilt and our, our, our condemnation, we've been pardoned. It's gone because of the blood. Thank God for it. Because of the blood. Uh, my, my, my conscience is delivered. I, I, I'm at peace with God. I, I've got release from the guilt and the condemnation. It's to celebrate it. Some of you need that today. Some of you, you're still looking at the pastor and you think the pastor, you, know, you think the pastor's got on a wider raiment than you do. For some reason, you think that God washed me cleaner than he washed you. That's what some of you believe. Can I tell you something? Same blood. Somebody say, same blood. It's the same blood. He didn't wash me in a different one. It's the same blood. We're all cleansed the same amount. He doesn't look and say, well, I've got a little bit. No. You're either washed and white or you're not. If you've been washed by the blood, you're white, you're cleansed. He gives us that. You need to celebrate the blood today. If you've been walking in condemnation, you need to see the picture again. If you've been walking in condemnation, you need to see the picture again and say, this is not about me. It's not about how good or how bad I've been. This is about the blood. And the blood says, I am washed clean. Celebrate the blood. And some of you, some of you, you just, you need to celebrate the blood and say, 
I need to tell God something. Some of you are dealing with issues in your life. And you know, I, 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 can, I, can, I can tell you about it. I, I, I can pray with you about it. I can give you a scripture about it. But you need, you need to just take it to God. And you got access. You have the floor. You need to celebrate today. Because of the blood, you have the floor in the throne room of God. Nobody else gets to talk. Everybody else, shut up. You have the floor. Who needs access today? You have the floor. Celebrate that in the blood today. But also celebrate that last thing. It's because... Because I took the blood. I received the blood. I, I captured the blood. I want the blood because I embraced the blood into my life. <laughs> this blood's going to take me all the way through. I'm going to make it all the way. Celebrate the blood. I'm going to make it all the way. No matter what I'm walking through today, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it because of the blood. Come on, celebrate with me today. Take this bread. The night before Jesus died, you know what he did? He took the bread and he broke it. And I like to break it symbolically. Think about what he is saying. He said, he broke the bread and he gave it to them. He was letting them know this. Tomorrow, what I've already preached to you, my body's going to be broken. It's going to be cast aside. It's going to be trash. It's going to be broken. It's going to be no good anymore. That's what my body is to take it all of it. See, he knew what was going to happen to him. Peel back, get ready to take the juice. And understand that when Jesus said that after that, Jesus took, took a glass of wine, the fruit of the vine. And he, he said, this symbolizes my blood. What he's telling them is tomorrow my blood is going to be spilled. And because of the blood, oops, sorry. It's hard to talk and chew at the same time. Because of the blood, you're going to have redemption. Because of the blood, you're going to have pardon. Because of the blood, you're going to be released. Because of the blood, you're going to have access. And by this blood, you are going to make it all the way through. Somebody celebrate with me and take the juice and celebrate the blood this morning. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Go ahead, Jamie, when you can. Oh, just close your eyes right now. What do you need? What do you need? Celebrate the blood. What do you need? Celebrate it for just a moment. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for my redemption. Thank God that there is now, therefore, no condemnation to those who are in Christ.